Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This uh, is very loud in my headphones. <laughs> Hi. Should we? A little bit, I think. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I now can't hear it. But is it, it's not the levels, is it? That's Hi. Your it's just the it's just the I'm going to talk really near to the microphone today. This is yours, number three, like. Hello. 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 We love you. Bye. We love you, Dave Craig. Bye, Dave. Bye. Have a great evening. Friday night and the nights are getting low. That's Saturday night. Pretty late. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, are we starting? Hello! Hello! Welcome back to Bitchin. <laughs> I'm trying to speak like a grown-up. Helen's in the West End, so she's Every week we talk about a so different cool, person. We go directly off track. <laughs> I stopped being... Directly like, off track? Know. We go off track. We... Shit ourselves. <laughs> and that's that. And can you hear me at the back? Good. <laughs> Not that you've got a complex about not going to drama school. <laughs> Apparently, I really, really have a uh, what's it called downward cadence. Oh, I go yeah. like this so yeah. at the end of my sentence. I just yeah. completely swallow what I'm saying. Yeah, mine, mine at drama school was uh, not having any energy in my voice. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's good the training's paid off. Though. Yeah, Look well at now you I can switch it on when I need to. Go on then. I'm not paying me enough. <laughs> but the the funny thing is, is now when I do stand up, that's literally all I do is have zero, the absence of energy. Yeah, I so. think though I do get it. It's about being able to do yeah. anything. Versatility. Versatility. So I'm trying to get better posture because I make a character choice in all of my characters that they slump. Yeah, but that's it's because easier, isn't it? I slump. Whereas it'd be nice to be able to be in Little Women one day. Yeah, someone wrote a review of me when I was in Strange Fruit and it was it was a positive review and they were like, Tilly Steele um, with her arms straight down by her sides as if that was like a character <laughs> choice and I'm not just like completely fucking lazy. <laughs> Plank a word. I'm just fucking, I'm just Keanu Reeves, mate. It's neck up, babe. Tilly Steele who stood in the same place <laughs> with her feet locked to the ground. Locked. Bitch. She could speak and then walk, and walk and then speak, <laughs> but not both at the same time. That's... I couldn't. I couldn't do an Aaron Sorkin. I'd be like, "What do you oh, mean walk and no. talk?" No, bore off. I cannot <laughs> do those two things at once. I cannot. Oh, so, how have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm. I'm good. I'm... Well, look, I'm me. So, do you know what I mean? Despair's You're as good never... as it gets. Yeah, despair's never far around the corner. Um, You're looking well. Thank you. I feel, face. I feel. I feel right. Yeah. How are you? Good. Busy. 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 No, not that bad, really. In Upstart Crow, the play, catch it at a theatre near you. By which I mean, 
Just London. Just the Gale Good. Great. Helen's going to be great. It's going to be... It's been so much fun. We do Fantastic. a jig. Can I show you the jig later? Yes. It's so good. Oh, my god! There's a lot of footwork. And I'd say 50% of the company at the moment can do the jig. Are you in the 50% that can? Yeah. Are you a good dancer? Listen. That's not surprising, actually. I can move around the room, you know. If you give me some moves, I'll pick them up. I'll do them. No drama. That's you- kind of carrying on the kind of weird mirror image we are of each other. Can you not dance? Uh, no. Can you I not? I was born with cement blocks for feet. <laughs> but you're so yeah. agile and bendy, no? Are you not bendy? Uh, who do you think I am? You look like the a bendy. The last time I had sex, Hello? my hip... I don't know. My hips started clicking and I went, oh no, my hips. <laughs> At which my sexual partner looked horrified and from then on it was fucking downhill. That's awful. Yeah, I know. Oh no, my hips. But it's not my fault. I'm <laughs> right, glad it. <laughs> Literally, he was like, much like you probably thought, oh, Tilly's young and spry. No. Flip you about. I've got the hips of a 90-year-old woman. I'm all right once I've learned... Not referencing sex now. I'm all right when I've learned the choreography. Yeah. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, referencing sex. I'm okay when I've learned the choreography, (laughs) but before I know it, it's a car crash. Yeah. Do you need to warm up? Yeah. And Can you touch your toes? Yes. Can you do the splits? No. Can you do a downward-facing dog with your heels on the floor? What is downward-facing dog? Which one's that? Oh, for fuck's sake. It's this one. With your... Oh, I don't know, actually. Let me see. I don't think I can. Most people can't, so I don't know. Can you do downward facing dog full stop? Is that... Oh, well, here which, she goes. What is it? So you'd be... Just, just do it. Flat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but with your bum right up. Yeah. Here we go. Oh. Yeah! Oh, me! Whoa, you're flexy. Oh. That's good. Oh. That's good. I think, like... An inter-child's pose. Oh, fuck me, no. That's enough exercise for me. My yoga person, um, I go to a gym. Hello, London. And um, I go to different classes, and at my yoga class, the man rubs oils on me. (laughs) And it's so... Helen, you're being abused. (laughs) It's so nice. That's not like any yoga class I've ever fucking heard. I know. I can't work out if it's weird, and someone pointed out, if you think it might be weird, then it probably is weird. And also... Other people in the class are probably feeling uncomfortable. He, at the end of the session, the last 15 minutes is just you meditating. Yeah. And he comes around and you hear him do this oh, as he yeah. rubs oils on his hands and then he rubs your shoulders, your head, all your all the back of your head, the front of your head, your shoulders, and then between... <laughs> between the breasts. Your chest bone. Yeah, between your breasts. Yeah, but it doesn't between feel sexual. breasts that can barely fit in this studio. <laughs> the doing. Ba-doing! Ba-doing! Yeah, is that inappropriate? I don't know. I mean... I quite... I, I mean, I do enjoy it. Yeah, I'd be up for that. I think people think because I'm thin that I'm healthy and I'm not. You look very healthy. I look like I could... Do you know what I mean? You look like you work out. Do a run. I've never done a run in my life. You're just naturally very lean. Mm. I, I'm just naturally got nothing to me. Really, mentally. Or I was going to say personality-wise. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. Uh, both. All right. Hello. <laughs> it's funny that that's your normal register. <laughs> Hello. Hello. 
This is... It's me, it's Hilly's Helen Monks, and I'm two years old. <laughs> this is bitching. Every week we talk about a different person and we try not to be too harsh or too lenient. Mm-hmm. A middle ground, you might say. Mm, a balance. But we're certainly not centrists. We're not Joe Swinston, are we? You don't even know a name. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that you don't know a name. I nearly called and a, why would you? I nearly called a Joe Biden. <laughs> Uh, and who are we talking about this week? Tilly Steele. Dun, 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 dun. In dreams he came to me. Andrew Lloyd Webber, the big man. The big double Ds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my laptop out one moment. Okay. It's a very professional operation yeah. here. Do you know how some people do podcasts and they don't have to edit them? No, I know. That's what Dave Cribb does. His podcast, he just... He switches on the mics. Maybe you should give it a try, though, am I right? (laughs) He listens to this. Yeah, I know. I'm giving him some helpful feedback. (laughs) Android. (laughs) Android. Android Lloyd Webber. I think that's Okay, if there was a UK version of Futurama that was being made right now, that would be the head of the It makes sense. Android Lloyd Webber. I can't say it twice. (laughs) Android Lloyd Webber or Baron Lloyd Webber because there's a lot of controversy around the fact that he's double he's got a what's it called dash between Lloyd and Webber on his Baron name but not on his real name boring anyway great born the 22nd of March 1948 how old is he 71 which actually Mm. isn't as old as I thought he was Mm. he looks like he's died oh my god (laughs) Helen is an English composer (laughs) An impresario, which I had to Google. It's great that you would you would not be saying that if you could sing to a high enough standard <laughs> to be in an Andrew Lloyd Webber film and or musical production. We wouldn't be fumbling the bag. If either of us could be... <laughs> fumbling the bag if is either the of us correct. were good enough. Let's, let's face facts. Or you can dance. Have you heard me sing? Have you heard me properly? I'm not saying you're a bad singer. Look, Tilly. But like, you, do you know what I mean? You couldn't... Excuse me, what are you... Okay, I really have misjudged <laughs> What's happening right now? What's happening is I've really thoroughly here? misjudged Helen's own I perception of reality. I could be in Cats. <laughs> I could be in Cats. Tell me I couldn't be in Cats. I don't know what you're asking. You, you asked me to say you couldn't not be in it or you could be in it. I could be in it. Cats. Yeah, well, why would you want to be no, out of all of his musicals? <laughs> Let's just get back to the Wikipedia. Is an English composer an imp... Impresario. Impresario. <laughs> Which means? No idea, but I know how to say it. So, you've got one point and I get one point for Googling what it is. Mm. Which is? He, make, he, he makes musicals, Yeah, it? and he makes money from it and also he creates stuff. Of musical theatre. I can hear my heart oh, in my, my ears. ears. How many? Okay, I'm just going to Google impresario. Yeah, go on. A person who organises and often finances concerts, plays or opera. That's it. He puts money into stuff. Yeah. Of musical theatre. So like a producer. Yeah. He's just a producer. Several of his musicals have run for more than a decade, both in the West End and on Broadway. He has composed 13 musicals, a song cycle, a set of variations, two film scores and a Latin requiem mass, which I think was for his dad. Several of his songs have been widely recorded and were successful outside of their parent musicals, such as 
the music of the night and all i ask of you which i don't know the tune to from phantom of the opera i don't know how to love him from jesus christ superstar and don't cry for me argentina from evita any dream will do from joseph blah 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 and memory from cats should i keep going in 2001 the new york times referred to him i love should i keep going that's my favorite one as the most commercially successful composer in history yeah ranked the fifth most powerful person in british culture by the daily telegraph so it doesn't count in 2008 (laughs) the lyric lyricist don black stated andrew more or less single-handedly reinvented the musical He's received. And he's a, not wrong. Whether you like Andrew Lloyd Webber's work or not, he's done, kind of he's regard done quite a lot mean? of stuff. Yeah. So, and in terms of making fuckloads of cash, money, cash, yeah, money, 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 money. How much do you think he's worth? Um, I'm gonna go with eight hundred million. Yeah, you're not far off. How much is he worth? See, we're getting good now at, at millionaires knowing how much millionaires are worth. Mm. In 2019, he was ranked the richest musician in the UK, overtaking Paul McCartney yeah. with a fortune of £820 million. Yeah. Pounds, so you're not far He off. follows the money. He loves the dollar dollar ka-ching. But it's not sometime, is he? Listen, I, I, I don't want to get into this because... I, I love some of his musicals. No, it's more, I was going to say, I think Sondime. Can I show you the tooth marks in my phone case that are from me going to see Follies and needing to leave? But... Oh, I thought you were going to say from when I met Stephen Sondheim and he bit my phone. <laughs> Who do you think I am? I don't know. Can you you see do those... all sorts of things and not tell me. Can you see those tooth marks? What, because you were so bored? I, I so desperately wanted to leave. I loved Follies. Oh. You just don't appreciate musical theatre. That's not true. I've seen Matilda. I've seen Hamilton. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so boring to me. I don't know. But this is what's really interesting: is music just emotionally? You can't. It's not logical. It's like comedy. How some Mm -hmm. people laugh and some people don't. And the people that are laughing, you think they're stupid if they're laughing at something you don't find funny. And the people who are crying, you think they're morons for crying at something you're not moved by. Mm. And that's how I felt through the entirety of Follies. I was like, I just wanted to stand up and scream, but instead, a bit tooth marks into my very expensive phone case. Mm. And it's ruined forever. Do you like any of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals then? Did he write The Sound of Music? No. <laughs> that was Rodgers and Hammerstein. Did he write... So what was Any Dream Will Do about? That's from Joseph and the Technical of a Dream Coach. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Is from The Sound of Music. Yes. Yeah, so a musical which we've established he did not write. But he did do the auditions on TV for How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria. Was it Rodgers and Hammerstein? Let me just check. I could be... Chatting absolute. Yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah. I like the sound of music. Okay. Well he he didn't write that one. I like He did he did the television show, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria, to find That was great. The new Maria that he was financing. T V shows, that's my favourite thing that he's done where he sat in a throne. Well he fucking do you know what I mean? That's money. And it was cool. It's a smart fucking move to do those T V shows. They were called Any Dream Will Do. And um, he makes smart, smart decisions. And I think that's why he's called an impresario. Because, like, some of the casting, Tim Minchin as Judas, genius. That was exactly the right point that, like, enough people, like, Tim Minchin was, like, Mm. really 
big comedian. I don't think he'd written Matilda yet, but he was about to. And he was like, yeah, let me fucking put Tim Minchin in. And then all the fucking Tim Minchin fans go to see fucking... I watched it because Tim Minchin was in it. Did you go? Yeah. Was I didn't know. I didn't go, but I like I saw it. I saw the recorded version of it. Oh. Yeah. Did you give any money to Andrew Lloyd Webber? No. But you are tight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got to be when you're from Barrow and Furness. <laughs> Did you know that Phantom of the Opera, the stage show, mm. made more money than the Star Wars and Star Trek franchise combined. No. Yeah. Isn't that a great fact? That's amazing. I went to a talk, don't ask me why, at Faber and Faber, you know, the publishers, mm-hmm. and they own they own 1% of the profits of Cats, the stage show. Okay. And that is the thing that has kept them in publishing. On the 11th of February 2012, Phantom of the Opera played its 10,000th show on Broadway. Have you seen Phantom of the Opera? The film, but not the stage show. Have you seen it? I've heard it's very um, funny now. Cause Phantom is <laughs> absolutely great. I love it. Is it I great? I love Phantom of the Opera. It's I saw a great it, story. I saw it in New York. Did you? Yeah, I saw it in New York when I was 16 years old. My auntie Where? took me. Oh. And it was great. It's like, it is like the musical for like the slightly gothic weird kid. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. So, like, probably if I was just introduced to it now, I'd be like, this is preposterous. But when you're romantic and, yeah. do you know what I mean? You're like, I want to get fucking imprisoned and put yeah. on the boat and sing. And it's what's so smart about his, uh, like, Phantom of the Opera running for what whatever it was, like, 20 years. Cats ran for 21 years in the West End. Let's talk about Phantom and then talk about Cats. But the idea of the long running, this mm-hmm. idea of him making a huge amount of money from musicals, but also having things that run for a really long time, it's it's you saying, I went when I was 16 with my auntie, and it's the nostalgia of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what musicals are really good at. They're different to just regular plays, aren't they? Because music reminds you of a memory and of a place and of a time in your life and of the people that took you. Music touches people in a way that words just can't. Yeah. It's magic. It is. And I think that's why I love it so much. And I'm still so sad that I'm not a good enough singer (laughs) to do them because if I could do musical theatre, I'd do it. I wouldn't be doing any of this fucking... The cynical way of looking at it, though, is that it's also like master manipulation, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Where because it taps into that... It can be a bit shit. Yeah. It gets away with... It tells you how to feel about something Mm. and it gets under your skin and you don't quite know why. Mm. And if you're cynical like he is, and you go, oh, I know what chord I can put here that will make them cry, and then they'll pay £80 for a ticket. Yeah, and some of Andrew Lloyd Webber's work is truly, truly some of the worst art that's ever been made. And Cats isn't the worst. I know everyone's like, Cats? Okay, look, should, should we talk about Cats? No, we should talk about Cats at the end. Okay. Because we've got to keep the people listening, man. We're dangling the fact that we've both watched Cats. We can't wait to talk about <laughs> Cats. We've saved talking about Cats for this. Yeah. Oh. I can't, I can't I, really cope. It's the... Let's talk about it at the end. Okay. So he, do you want to talk about... He did a failed... Pro- you don't really hear about the failed projects that he's done, but you're right. Because he's done so many successful, and he has changed musicals, he's done so many successful shows, but he's... Well, but I think there's a quote on his Wikipedia from someone who says... Um, Andrew's never written an, a note in his life. He's never written an original note in his life. So there, there isn't, there is a. There's been loads of accusations of plagiarism throughout yeah. his career. 
Have you have you heard the song that supposedly the chord progression in Phantom of the Opera is stolen from? No. Yeah, it is just the same. <laughs> it is like I was listening to it and I was like, oh, it's not this. And then it came in and I was like, fuck me, that's Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like. But he's had it with loads of things. Was it Pink Floyd's Echoes that accused yeah, him of that? Yeah. yeah. And then well, the thing is, is that with songwriters like that, it's like he's kind of like the Gallagher brothers of the. It's kind of like the Noel Gallagher of the musical theatre world in that, like, yeah, Noel Gallagher just took all the stuff the Beatles did, but he repurposed it yeah. and then made it as popular. And not. Just anyone can do that. I don't. Yeah, I don't like believe he's doing that. A cover. Yeah, I don't believe that Lloyd Webber is a plagiarist. I believe that he is a remarkably talented musician, but it's like in a very like mainstream yeah. way. But it's a really blurry line with music, isn't it? Because with loads of other art forms, you can really clearly say where plagiarism happens. But with music, it's much more complicated. Like, I really struggle the to. The waters get a bit murkier, and yeah. I think especially now that we have everything recorded. In a way that, like, we don't know what they were doing in fucking 1100 BC. Yeah. But now we're probably, maybe if the internet carries on and the world doesn't end, don't know. <laughs> we're, <laughs> Live you know, and dream. Jury's out on that one. <laughs> maybe we'll have all the music forever. So then will we just run out of music? You think we'll have written all the songs that there's possible to feasibly write? Well, yeah, because it's just maths, isn't it? Eventually. <laughs> yeah, if billions and billions and billions mm. of years' time. We'll be I done. mean, I don't know. I asked my piano teacher that when I was 12, and he went, let's get back to these scales. <laughs> Do you still play piano? Uh, not well. Did my grade five and then... Woo! I never really had... Uh, I love music, but I got very nervous doing exams, and I didn't really... It wasn't how I wanted to express myself. I think... I was thinking about this on the way here. I think... Everyone has like their innate thing that they like meant to express themselves with, mm. and I always kind of judged myself for not carry on with piano, but then like maybe it just wasn't how I was naturally meant to express myself. I think that's probably true, but then also I think the way people I just want to say cunt on stage instead. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about him being a massive, massive Tory? Tory. Take my jumper off. Yeah. We should have just called this show We Find Out Who's a Tory and talk about it. It's not as catchy. <laughs> I feel like that's just what we do. Yeah. It's just weird, though. It's just weird when someone makes art and is a Tory. It, do you think? Yeah. What, because it's... Why? Oh, it's just rarer, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, his work is small-c conservative. And, I mean, this is why School of Rock is so bad. It's so bad because he's a Tory. Did he do School of Rock? He did the West End version of School of Rock. I am still I'm still so angry about this because I love School of Rock. Yeah, it's one fantastic of my favorite film. films of Amazing all film. time. Go Jack Black. It's exceptional. I yeah. love it. I love everything about it. I love the message of the film. It's brilliant. He he is not the person to write that. Is he the person to write Phantom of the Opera? Yes. Absolutely. Of course. 100%. He's not the person to write a song called Stick It to the Man. <laughs> that is he quite is ironic. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that show is horseshit. Have you seen it? Oh, God, it's so bad. I spent the most I've ever spent 
taking my little cousin to go and see it. Oh, this no. is when I had a TV job and had money. Um, it it is the most cynical thing I've ever seen because it's like you say about music, the dialogue, the acting, the structuring of it, the it is the most lazily written. Oh my god! I mean, I I don't know how you could act that show well. Anyway, it's like the sh- the the film. It takes everything fun about the film and like puts it through this like 2D character fucking pasta maker and <laughs> squirts it out the other side. It makes no it's it's dreadful. <laughs> it's Tilly. dreadful. Okay. But goddamn those fucking kids in that show. They play all the instruments, man. They're amazing. They play all the instruments on stage. They all wow. play fucking guitar. Wow. And they put the adults in the... Sh- because it's like, it. that's the best bit of it. Is Whereas in the film, the best bit is the story, Jack Black's performance, mm. the, the idea that it's someone who hasn't had their dreams come true and desperately wants them to come true and is living this life devoid of meaning and then through encountering these kids his life changes whoa spoiler but the 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 show doesn't fucking get that but it is they do play guitar well though, but they don't do they? they do play guitar but very well. could just go watch school concert or you could watch the film school of rock which is exceptional i'm so sorry you had such a terrible experience i mean it wasn't i mean i was angry because the film's so good and i love the film so much what do you know what I mean? Did you go see Bend It Like Beckham, the stage play? I know no. it's different. Is it good? No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking sometimes as well, it is that people, I don't know what happens, but mm. they misunderstand what the film captures mm. and why the film is successful in that transforming yeah. it from screen to st- stage that mm. just manages to lose any kind of soul. Yeah. Um it's got no rock and roll. It doesn't. He, That's crazy. Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't understand what what rock and roll is. It's a it's rebellion. It's a fucking primal scream into. Should the have fucking... got Tim Minchin to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Would yeah. have been great. I have absolutely no. I don't know. He got the rights and he wanted to do it. He because he probably liked. So did the film. it flop? No, it's still it... going. It's still is on. It? It's still on. Oh. And there's no there's nothing in that show for an adult performer. Other than that makes it sound like it's porn. There's nothing in that show for anyone other than who, whoever wants to play Dewey Finn. There's no all the other. They he so you know in the film fucking what's her face? I can't remember her name. The principal. Yeah, yeah. All that's gone. What? It's all gone. It's what? all it's all neutered. It's like but the principal's still a character and stuff. Yeah, but like they don't have the um like connection. It is the it is the plot of the film. It doesn't like revolutionize the, the doesn't revolutionize the plot of the film it even has in the incredible song teacher's pet which is one of the best songs ever written for a film ever in the, the fucking and how was world. that on stage did you manage to oh i was it? like finally a good song finally <laughs> finally a song so does he write you know, new songs for the stage show yeah and you feel they're below par every single one other than maybe two Stick It to the Man is catchy, but it's, like, hilarious when you're, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote this. And, About um, himself. If Only You Would Listen is a genuinely very moving song because it's basically all the kids going, singing to their parents who don't want to listen to them mm. uh, about how sad they are. 
and it's yeah it's um it's a great song but i think it's interesting isn't it because it doesn't really matter that like you've had that experience of mm. going of seeing loving the film and then going to see it and feeling like it's not up to standard because it will sell tickets and yeah. some people will like it and particularly people who haven't seen the film and new generations of kids will go and see that story for the first time yeah in that absolutely form. yeah and it's maybe like, it'll yeah. it'll have the same impact on them because they haven't seen the film i don't know and you know but it's interesting how he like you say he run he chases the money like he's worked out something that will be commercially successful mm-hmm. he's got such an instinct for it actually mm. when you consider how he just get i think he just gets it that like like there's no do you know do you know the premise of the show starlight express no it's trains <laughs> that's the premise it's a kid playing with trains awful Oh shit, man! Is it bad? Oh, <laughs> is it bad? Well, I don't know. I've never seen it, but he's made footloads of money for it, and they're all on roller skates. So, is it in the West End, or is it? A... No, it's not here now. But there's a production of it running in Germany right now that's like been on for like five years. God, he must be so minted. The premise of the show is it's a kid's imagination thinking about a contest with their trains. To be fair, that sounds great. Like, think of Thomas, Thomas the Tank Engine. Well, he wanted to do a musical based on Thomas the, Ta- Thomas the Tank Engine, oh, but couldn't get the rights. Oh, so he rights. did that instead. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, it's not really about the trains, is mm. it? It's about what the trains represent. Yeah, I'm sure, actually, if I'd listened to the whole soundtrack, I only really managed to get three songs in before I was like, this is too much work and mm. I'm not having a nice time. I want to go and listen to Phantom of the Opera again because I know every word. Do you know much about Tim Rice? His, His long-time collaborator? Yeah. I don't, know. Just because I didn't either, and I, don't, I can't really find out how they met on his Wikipedia. It just says they were introduced mm. when I think Andrew Lloyd Webber was about 16. And it looks like... I don't want to get this wrong, so mm. maybe I'll just double-check. Yeah, double-check. It looks like Andrew Lloyd Webber went to university when he was 16. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess music people, if you're good at music. He didn't do music, though. Did he not? What did he do? So he did something else, and then he dropped out and, mo- and moved and mm. went and did music. Because both of his parents were musical, so it makes loads of sense. Mm-hmm. He started writing really super young. His dad uh, was William Lloyd Webber, a composer and organist, and his mum was a violinist and pianist. Yeah. His younger brother is a renowned solo cellist. So he started writing. He put on productions with his uh, with his brother and his aunt in his toy theatre when he was a child. He also had originally set music to Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats at the age of 15. Which so that's how long he wanted to do cats for. He loves cats, man. Are we going to do it? Not yet. Oh, my God. Andrew Lloyd Webber teams up with Killing Eve writer yeah. Emerald Fennell to write a new Cinderella musical. Yeah, this is it. It's just going to work until the end of time, isn't he? I mean, I imagine that might be really good. Thank you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In terms of his conservatism, yeah, I think we should say he. I think it, it seems to be from what I've read about him. So he has the Andrew Lloyd Webber Foundation. Foundation, and he's like a massive philanthropist in what seems to be actually quite a genuinely useful yeah, way, and yeah. he does fund a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think that is all really positive. So he's basically the sort of conservative that's like, I should keep all my money because I am doing good stuff with it. Yeah, and you don't know what you're doing so it's kind of in a like victorian <laughs> sense you know and also i think it's of being born into money and always having money mm-hmm. and being very entitled because he was made a member of the house of lords yeah and famously never went to vote on anything so he was other a- than when he like flew in to vote against what was it yeah so it was a so he over his 14 year period voted 30 times Mm -hmm. and that's incredibly low he had there was 1898 votes he should have voted on and he voted 30 times desperate tories flew in peer andrew lloyd webber from new york to prop up government vote on tax credits andrew lloyd webber reportedly flew in first class from new york on monday in an ultimately pointless attempt to bolster the government's numbers in the house of lords ahead of the tax credits vote for the crucial vote on the chancellor's tax credit reductions He voted last night because he feels it is important for democracy that the House of Lords should not override decisions made by the elected House of Commons. So that was what was ironic is then when they, I think he flew back because he's got a lot of very good friends who are all very high members of the Conservative Party and they were aware of the fact the House of Lords were going to all block this Mm. bill. And as a result, David Cameron then spent a lot of time trying to reform the House of Lords in order for them to stop blocking bills. But it was as a direct result of this very conservative bill being blocked. Mm. If you see what I mean? So it was yeah. really very... But it made... The reason he was really um, highlighted was because he never votes. Like, he never voted on anything and he clearly mm. was asked very directly yeah. as, for a favour in blocking this... Yeah. In voting for this bill. And that's what so much of that kind of echelon of society is. It's like, oh, Sir Weber, please. Is he a sir? I don't think so, actually. If he's not a sir, I bet he's, I bet he's furious about that. Not a sir yet. 
It doesn't say that on his wiki. One second. Let me find. No, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Baron Lloyd Dash Webber. Maybe there's like some rule that a baron can't become a sir. I don't know. They've all got weird rules like that, aren't they, rich people? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's probably like... Maybe he's turned it down. No. But credit to him, not really credit to him, but he has since stepped down from the House of Lords. Yeah, he... credit to him, he hasn't murdered anyone yet. So, <laughs> But he recognised, I mean, after 14 years or whatever it was, that he wasn't voting that on he anything. He wasn't very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe it was a bit of a waste of his seat yeah. in that place. Um, so he's stepped down since then. I mean, just how crazy. It just goes to show that if you write a really catchy tune, you World's can... Your yeah, honestly, it's the key to being able to exploit people, have sex slaves kidnapped in your house. Uh, yeah, you're talking about R. Kelly, not Andrew Lloyd Webber. We should make that 100% <laughs> clear. 100%. Uh, yeah, Andrew Lloyd Webber, not... Being Michael not Jackson. Not R. Kelly, yeah. And, um, and just, you know, being allowed to do what you like in the House of Lords. Do what you like, what you like with, with the House of Lords. I think we're nearly done. We haven't talked about cats. What are you on about? One sec, one sec. There was something I wanted to say about Tim Rice. Okay. This is it. They had a flop. They had a flop. What was the flop? In 1969. Tell me when you get bored. <laughs> Rice and Lloyd Webber wrote a song. Stop! <laughs> No, they wrote a song for the Eurovision Song Contest. Right. Called Trite and See, which was not selected. The written lyrics then became King Herald's song in their third musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh Jesus. The planned follow-up, Jesus Christ Superstar, was a musical called blah, 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 Yeah, based on a Jeeves and Worcester novel by PJ Woodhouse. Was this when they stopped working together? So Tim Rice was uncertain, this is from Wikipedia, by the way, was uncertain What's about... What's going to be our flop when you stop talking to me? <laughs> I think it's this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, was uncertain about this venture, partly because of his concern that he might not be able to do justice to the novels that he and Lloyd Webber so admired. So I don't really understand what's going on here. Anyway, Rice backed out of the project and Lloyd Webber subsequently wrote the musical Jeeves with Alan Akebourne. Did you know about this? Oh my god! Who provided the book and lyrics? Jeeves on Spotify. Jeeves failed to make any impact at the box office and closed after a run of only thirty-eight performances in the West End. Yeah. Many years later, Lloyd Webber and Akebourne revisited this project, producing a thoroughly reworked and more successful version entitled "By Jeeves," which was in nineteen ninety-six. But I've not heard of that. No. I can't believe he did those six series, though, where he was the king in the throne. And they were literally called I'll Do Anything mm. and Any Dream Will Do. And they were like a format, weren't they, of the, the reality yeah. shows, like X Factor. But they were for his West End shows. Yeah, they were it, for musical theatre. Yeah. Performers to audition. Yeah. There was a bit in one of them, I don't know which one, where they got John Barrowman on. <laughs> And oh my God, there was just one bit where you could not do this now. John Barrowman, so they cut down like the actresses for this part down to like four or five. And then they took them into this auditorium and they were singing the song for John Barrowman, singing a song with John Barrowman. And then he just fucking snogged them (gasps) out of nowhere. He just grabs them and snogs them. And it was meant to be like a test no. to see if they were like what 
up for anything. Oh. So it's oh. going to be a test to see how they react to a surprise. And how did they react? Well, Shocked. Traumatised. John Barrowman snogged me. I was like, well, great. This is great. <laughs> Good news. Yeah. I'm, would you, John I'm not a big. I'm not a big John Barrowman fan. I'm gonna, I bet I can find this online. And I'm going to play it for you. Yes, please. And I bet you're going to... And then, should we talk about cats? Yeah. So what I'm Googling is John Barrowman kissing Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> because I can't remember what show it was in. Are you a big um, John Barrowman fan then? I love John Barrowman. Mm. Love him. Love Torchwood. Yeah. And he's just, I just think he's... You are such a nerd. Yeah, I'm a massive, massive nerd. Do what you Here want. we go. John Barrowman kissing Maria. How would you solve the problem? That is assault. That is assault. See, I wouldn't be mad, but it's also not okay. <laughs> so that's Connie who got the part, didn't she? He's into this. <gasps> He's he snugging all of them. Yeah. He's just snugging them all. Tilly's loving it. Look at your... I'm quite horny. Look at your horny face. <laughs> any more for any more? Um... We haven't talked about cats. Oh! <laughs> What is wrong with you today? You've been up for 72 hours. That's what's up with you. So, Cats. We've both been to see the film Cats. I went first. You went first. And you messaged me afterwards and said it was everything that you expected it to be and more. It was so much more. Yeah, it was so good. Let me tell you about my experience of watching Cats. I, going into it, I was like, there's no way this is bad. This is as bad as everyone's going on about. I'm like, it's going to be boring and the cats are going to look a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it'll be like, you know, fine. But Not fu- I, I, didn't, I thought it would be bad. I was worried it was going to be a bit boring. That was mm. my thing as I thought once you get over the weirdness of the cats, which you've seen in the trailer, mm. it'll just be boring. But oh no. It is remarkable that they thought any of it was a good idea. I don't understand how they got Lee Hall, one of my favourite writers, on board. I think maybe to, like, put some jokes in. They probably paid him a million pounds. Yeah, but the thing is about the show, Cats, there is no plot, and that's kind of part of its charm. It's 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 more of a song cycle and about, like, the ritualistic nature of theatre and human togetherness. Mm-hmm even though it's about cats, than it is a big showy musical <laughs> set in loads of different... It's not set in loads of different no. places. It's set in the minds of all the cats, the cats in inverted commas, because obviously they're, you people. Know, they're cat people reflecting our own hopes and dreams, but they're cats, whatever. But um, I don't think anyone got the memo about that. I mean, it, it, I can't... The, um, it didn't make any sense. It didn't. This is the thing. If you're going to do something without plot, fine. But they tried to create a plot. That was my biggest thing. It's but so much of what didn't make sense would have made sense if you watch. So if you've seen any of the original stage show on YouTube, yeah, yeah, some of it is magical and lovely and brilliant, and mm. some of the songs are fantastic. And it's you know, it is it high art? No, but it's. 
you know, at times. But also, I don't think it's trying to be... I've not seen the full show, but it doesn't feel like it's trying to be anything more than it is. Like yeah. you say, it's a song cycle. It the, Each kind of song has its own message and its own mm. thing. Yeah. Whereas the film is trying to be this really complicated story with a really clear structured beginning, mm. middle and end where we're following this weird cat lady who's being welcomed into the Jellicos. And it's not about that. It's about theatre. The show's about theatre. This show is not about theatre. That's why, like, musical theatre nerds like it so much. Yeah. Because it's, do you know what I mean? It's about a a shared experience. But it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was the funniest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. I, I, at one point, there were tears running down my face and I thought, I'm going to get hernia. (laughs) And I can't, I can't stop it. From kind of the moment that the cockroaches came on screen, I was like, I think (laughs) that Tom Hooper is having one long manic episode and no one, and I don't know what's happened in his personal life that he's thought that it's a good idea for these cockroaches to have faces, also their children. Oh, bless it. My heart goes out to him so much. This has been like a 10-year process for him. because, And this is what's so tragic about it and ultimately so funny. Yeah. Is the concept that it's the fatal flaw, which is that he wanted it to be both cats and people simultaneously. So it's not an animation of cats and it's not people in cat costumes. It's both. It's a weird kind of cross-canny. That concept was his... Fatalistic. was, Was his idea whatever, 10 years ago or something mad, before the technology existed to do it. And he has been waiting and waiting and waiting. What was it they call it? Fur technology. (laughs) (laughs) But finally, this technology has become available and he's gone, yeah, finally I can do my dream of... Because he loved the stage show as a kid. Did he? Yeah, he went to see it as a kid. Well, this is the thing. So it was staged by Trevor Nunn. Yeah. Who also staged Les Mis. So Trevor Nunn's obviously a massive influence on Tom Hooper. Interesting. But, like, even if you watch the way it's staged on the bits that I watched on YouTube, Mm. at the time, Cats was, like, massively um, technologically... People saw things on stage that they'd never seen before, basically. And the staging of it, it seems, took it to the next level. So he's almost trying to do that again with the film by this mm. advanced technology of fur faces. And can I tell you my big thing? Uh-huh. There's two things. My main thing. Why they kept the one of the mottos of the film is cross your paws, but they've got fingers. The cats have human fingers. Yeah, and Jennifer Hudson has shellac nails on. <laughs> she has grey shellac nails on while she's singing memory about how she's got no fucking life anymore and it's I mean, all gone downhill the, and I'm thinking well you can still go to the fucking nail tech <laughs> so it's obviously not gone that badly for you has it oh dear she probably thought they wouldn't be in because she thought she'd have paws yeah oh they'll CGI them out don't worry Judy Dench in a wedding ring but but you know ultimately the big problem was that it didn't act the <laughs> story the going. story doesn't actually make sense like dramatically if you're just a really basic story writer something needs to change in the story well i mean but but the the Jennifer Hudson coming in and singing memories and them suddenly all deciding to accept her back yeah she, nothing had changed she just sang a different she just sang a song but that's the point of the show everyone sings their song i know but but nothing had 
they didn't learn anything new about her or nothing shifted, nothing dramatically. We didn't know anything at the end that we didn't know at the beginning. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would argue it, it is. it does have a story. It's just that it's not very sophisticated. It's just that it's not told in a sophisticated way. And it was the film was trying to make everything way more complicated than it is. Yeah, it's really bad storytelling. So you know the balloon bit she goes up into the air at the yeah, end? Yeah, dreadful. What's going on? Do you know how they did that in the show? Let me find how they did that in the show. Because you're right, it's a really simple story and that would be fine. But it, but it overcomplicates things and then in order to justify that you need to have something really clearly at stake and you need something to shift and change and for them to learn something. Mm. But it doesn't, you don't know what's going on. Why are they on a pirate ship? My mum fell asleep next to me mm. and then woke up and was like, why are they all on a pirate <laughs> ship? <laughs> and I couldn't answer her. I couldn't tell her why. And I said, I don't know. It's Sorry, cats. I'm just, I am going to find this because it's really good. The balloon thing. Well, it's not a balloon in the show. It's something way better. Way, way better. And that's her going to heaven. Sorry, spoilers. Is that okay. A- so in the original show of Cats, when Grizabella ascends to the heaviside layer, the roof comes off. Off of the... It looks like the roof comes off of the theatre. Cool. Brilliant. Brilliant! Oh, we're going to do a CGI hot air balloon. Oh, God. And Idris Elba's back again. No. And he's taking all of his clothes off. Yeah. I love the bit where he just took all of his clothes off. And we were expected to be like, this is normal and he's not naked. But he's been wearing clothes he's for the He's been wearing clothes the whole time. If you haven't seen this, I'm so sorry. You must be like, what are they on about? Do you know what? Um, it's the most... It, I don't need to take mushrooms because I've seen cats. Mm. I assume that's what it's like. The The composition of some of the shots is the most bizarre thing. But, like the yeah. end. The end when it's just like that weird mid-shot of Judy yeah. Dench, just like, I fucking all of us we all <laughs> want to go home. Uh, and the cats all, they're fucking... But imagine being in the edit. So this is the thing, apparently they first, when they first put it out... Well, A, there were still bits of green screen in it. There were still floating cats in it because they'd not actually finished it in time for the deadline. But even more than that, they were were mostly only close-ups because they'd actually not finished painting the wide shots. Really? So they were still... Because when I saw it, they'd redistributed it to cinemas again Mm. for like how... I think they did that a few times, or at least they they definitely did that because they'd finally finished putting together the final edit mm. but I think what happened Tom Hooper spun it and it was clearly just one of those things where you have to go to the press and say something which is after the trailer he went it's really positive that we've had such a, a critical reaction because we're now able to go and take feedback from that brilliant Twitter response and and alter the you know basically take some of the hair off of Judy mm-hmm. Dench's face but they must have imagine being that edit because you want to get it out before Christmas and they were going, okay, quick, quick, we'll, you know, we'll do that shot because that'll be quicker. And then it, I think that's what affected, because the cutting of it is really strange. And I think that's because they'd been changing so much up to the very, very last minute mm. that they'd sort of probably put it together not in the way that if they'd had their dream kind of edit process that they would have done. And apparently, you know, like there's cult screenings of the room mm-hmm. And people throw spoons because they people forgot. are going to turn up with cockroaches. Yeah, no, but apparently already mm. there's certain things. Prince that people... Charles Cinema is doing a cat's. Uh, he is doing the Jellicle Ball. 
Jellicle cats, Jellicle is it? Yeah. And they are the home of the room in London. They're, that's it's where gonna... they do the, the screenings of the room. So it's clearly going to be... And apparently people are already going, knowing certain things to call out and calling mm. out and joining in with it in the way mm. that people do with the room. So for sure, yeah, it's going to make its money. Good for Andrew. Good for him. Good for Faber He's and Faber. He's all right. Faber and Faber Publishers. I hope 1%. They're going to be... Raking it in. Publishing some books for us in our time. And if you wonder why Cats got made... Go onto YouTube and watch the recorded version of the show and watch um, John Mills do Gus the Theatre Cat and watch Elaine Page sing Memory. And then maybe you will understand a bit more why it got made. Why so many people put money into it. (laughs) Yeah. And so many actors said, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, yes, please. I mean, Taylor Swift isn't even... That was not the worst part of the film. No. But I didn't really understand where she went because they could clearly only get her for five minutes. Mm. And then she was gone, anyway. Macavity, Macavity. Oh, well, this has been fun. This has been an experience. How are you feeling about the state of the world? Should we talk about that next week? I mean, what is this to talk about? I don't know. Death, like, Iran. Maybe Australia. I'm thinking like maybe I should like read some books on like survival and because I don't know how to build a fire with a match. What if there are no, no matches? I know. I know. With my lighter, I don't, to, I don't know what berries are safe to eat. I'm gonna have to find all this shit out. And will there be Google? Because we won't be able to charge our phones. There'll be Google, but someone will probably be watching it. Whoa! Whoa. It'll be me. Okay. There's a part of me. There's a part of me. And tell me if I'm gross. I want to live in a community. A part of me feels like that's only going to be possible when everyone in power fucks it up so badly. The climate crisis becomes unmanageable. The earth rebels against us. Mm. And everything becomes unsustainable and people start rioting and rebelling and then we all overthrow all our governments at the same time because we're all burning. Yeah. And then... Do you know what's really nice about that Mm. is for the first time knowing you, that's a very hopeful thing to say. Do you know what I mean? What you're doing there is going, well, I guess the thing about global... Catastrophe. Yeah, is that Mm. at least I'll be able to live in a community... You don't like leaving your house. You're not going to want to well, live in exactly. a shed. I don't want to live in a shed. I just want to like... You won't be able to tell... I want to live in a, a society I feel a part of. I feel... Not that I am that disenfranchised. Yeah. But uh, do you know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. I guess... I, remember I want life to have meaning! When I went home for Christmas, one of the first things my dad said to me, well, the good news is at least hope is dead. That is a brilliant impression of your dad. <laughs> That's really good. Thanks. Most people don't do an impression of their parents that's like their parents. That's quite remarkable. Oh, thanks, Chilly. But I know what he means because he mm. was saying you've sp- the, the anxiety of things like Brexit yeah. and the election was the f- the, the anticipation the that it's going to happen it, and then it does. But the anticipation yeah. that it might get better and holding on to that and he was like, well, at least now you know that it won't. It kind of went a bit off piece there, didn't it? My dad's... Still his spirit is there. Oh, thanks, Tills. 
I think that that's why I just find stuff that's like about like apocalypses compelling. Do you know what I mean? Like, because everyone's friends. Well, not everyone's friends, but everyone's got a team. I think. And I that, see that I really need a full-time job. Yeah, that's it's going to be Hunger Games, mate. I, I just, I've just been in my house too much. So that's I what think it, that what you don't want is mass destruction. I think. No, I want to avoid that. I just, I just want to have a... You want to have a, a job. A friend or a job. <laughs> some kind of purpose. Ah, uh, should we go home? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Right, what do I have to do? McCavity, McCavity, there's no one like McCavity. He is a friend of Bunga, a monster of depravity. He's taken his coat off, now he looks like he's nude. Even in the bin. McCavity's not there. That's what she was doing. and Every time. And you know what? Because she wasn't there for the whole thing. She's having a nice time because she doesn't know how bad the film is going to be. Whereas when Jennifer Hudson's singing Memory and she's doing all the best snotty acting, Mm -hmm. which is so boring. It's so boring when someone just loves crying so much and they're like, this is acting. And I'm like, please cease. (laughs) And simply... She's not earned it. Like, not she's not earned it, but the film hasn't earned it. You're not with it. And you can see all the actors looking at her when she's doing that being like this is really good acting this that you can see the hope in their eyes that like this is going to be what saves <laughs> she the saved film it guys she because saved she's it. like doing some crying and i'm like oh they must have been feeling it in the room i would if my mate yeah. was crying do you know it well exactly do you know what i actually thought was good jason derulo <laughs> i actually thought it was good. hope is well at least the good news is hope is, hope is dead. dead do you know what i mean he didn't know what film he was in he was just playing Jason He's Derulo just doing a as a cat. Video. I was so disappointed he didn't start his song with Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. I thought it was great. He was dancing. No, he was Tilly. He was fully embracing the chaos. Do you know who was great? Dancing cockroach number three. Yeah, fantastic. She's my pal, you know. That's my cousin's little sister. What the kid? I'm. I'm just saying. I'm lying. I'm sorry. Sometimes I wonder if anything you've ever told me is true because you lie with such ease. <laughs> okay. Okay. I press it. What do I press? You press stop and then file send. You've been listening to Fiction, a podcast by Tony Steele and Hollow Monks. Our music is by Dave Craig and our artwork is designed by Luke. Next week we'll be back with our first ever fiction guest. See you then. (laughs) (laughs) We we swore we would never sing on the podcast again. Every week we break the rule. (laughs) Every single week.